Welcome to the Urban Echo podcast, an exploration into sound and its relationship to stress in cities through the lens of design. I'm your host, Oscar Schweig. My guest today is Tomas Sanchez-Langling, a creative coder and researcher at MIT's Media Lab, working primarily in the opera of the future in city science labs. His MIT CV states that his research derives from his ambition to create seamless interactions between people and digital information by giving extra perception and awareness using color and sound. This is possible by enhancing human communication and perception through the augmentation of the human senses using technology. Also, his visual work ranges from organically propagated systems to self-rhythm visual art. He also works with different technologies and mediums such as light, colorimetry, hyperspectral cameras, sensors, radio frequencies, creative coding platforms, and electronics. Yeah, so, yeah, Todd does a lot of operas. He did one recently. What I was doing in, in that group, I uh, did, uh, did several projects, and I got really interested in urban soundscapes and combining it with music and technology. For example, for my thesis project, I built this. It was an art project uh, between platform and art project. It was Panoptic, and the idea of the project was to walk in Boston or walk anywhere and try to transform your senses to another location as if you were in the other place so so it, what i did is you walk boston with this vr helmet uh a, no, augmented reality helmet and you experience boston as if there was mexico city um, so so they <laughs> so it is like a little bit that you put on this like physical thing on your head you still see boston you still experience boston but what you see and what you hear in the city is like an overlay of what is happening in Mexico City. Uh, if the system detects it's uh, there was there was an AI system that detected like trees, detected cars, detected several different classes in the street, and depending on those classes on the street, they will generate the music, uh, not music but more sounds, more related to soundscapes uh, in Mexico City. So it's like still experiencing the physical location, but your senses are being fed with other information from another location, which is kind of like, imagine if you're blind, but you still sense uh, other things. So uh, that was the basic idea. The challenges with that project? Technological challenges, just getting in place. This AI system, which I use this algorithm for segmentation. I had to train this neural network model and then train it. And then I had to do all this in real time so you can actually experience it. And then the idea in real time, oh, you have to actually be in the street with this helmet, with this system that it can only been run with a big computer. So one of the challenges is actually just doing it in the streets because there was there was so much hype between virtual reality and augmented. Nobody was doing anything for the streets. It was inside of your lab or inside of your house. So I was trying to rethink this, like to experience the city that you live, you, you commute, you live most part of your life. And I wanted to create something that you can actually experience. And also make it more personal and more real. So that's why I wanted to do something in the city and the streets. Because you had done other similar projects with AI and sound, correct? There was the one with color as well. So I did another project in the same group, which was a little bit, it was around creating a soundtrack while you were walking in the city. And the idea of that project is similar to this idea that you're walking in the city and you can experiment 
uh, a different soundscape. And the idea was also you go walking in the street, uh, you have something that detects, for example, trees, colors, and depending on that information, in this project, it created a, a soundscape or music for you. And it's kind of like the idea of trying to augment your experience, making it a little bit different, your experience in the city or just walking. So there could be a number of applications like this. I mean, people have thought it for tourism. If you go to, if you want to create a soundtrack for you, if you travel in somewhere, something's automatically that creates for you. But this was thinking about like, you know, you go walk. It kind of seems like, I mean, they're very related. You find most of your work is sort of cumulative. Some of them, some work does go in that direction. Uh, I do think some of my work, I'm interested in one concept or building something and I do it and then maybe it just ends in one stage of that project or finish it. But then if I do another project, most of the times I want to kind of grab something from a previous project and expand on that. I like that because my skills on doing that, it, it grows a lot, you know. Then you can notice what was the difference between each one of the projects. There's this other project called Talking Drums. This was a project that I did in collaboration with uh, Nicole Lier, which was also a student in Opera of the Future and, and was a sushi sekai, which is a a PhD student in the current group that I am with. And this project is called Talking Drums. And this project, it was inspired by this method of communication that's called talking drums and this method of communication is that in communities in africa will be sending messages by uh, playing the drums and they were sending messages just by playing the drums to other communities and those messages could go across even the continent just by playing the the drums so in this project uh, we build like these little devices circuits that hit a surface and there will be another module similar to the one that hits. And it will be listening to those rhythms. They will be hitting rhythms. And the next device will listen to those rhythms and repeat the rhythms across the system. So we build these devices that make music. Then we expanded this project to something a little bit different, but using the same idea. Uh, we presented this project at the Astrofismos uh, Chilean uh, Biennale. And we use the same devices, but in this project, we wanted to send an image through the patterns. So we will be sending images through the music. Music is, is really abstract. Yeah, you have to understand that it. it's like also like language, you know, music is like language. If you understand the language, it just kind of sounds It's random, almost random sounds. And it's the same as music in a way. So we wanted to send information through music or using music as a way of, of sending information. So we transform an image through rhythmic patterns. There's a TV in the beginning and a TV in the end. TV in, in the beginning is the initial image. And these little devices are the ones that send in, reading the information. And the last one is the actual image that's been transmitted. And actually, it's like super slow because it's sending, it's sending like it's reading pixel by pixel. So just even like a really low resolution, it was like two days to send. What was interesting for me for this is using sound as a way of sending information. It's almost similar to the internet. Internet, it's it's radio frequencies. You know, we cannot hear radio frequencies, but they still sense information. And radio frequencies are like all around us, you know, and we cannot avoid them. I mean, just simple as the internet, you know, right now it's in your house, in my house is constantly sending information, but we cannot hear this information. We cannot feel it. We cannot see it. If there's a device that actually sends that information like this project, which was you hear the information, but it's also sending the information in a, a rhythmic pattern, in a rhythmic way. It's very performative. Sort of performance art without the performer. 
Yeah, prefer <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Because you worked on you worked in a production company before, Corso? I was working in uh, Mexico City with uh, two of my colleagues, uh, Mariano Montoya and uh, Santiago Tron. So we, we started this company called Cuarzo, and we were doing like art installations in Mexico City. It was mostly commission work or marketing projects. In the beginning, we were, like there wasn't that many technology installations in Mexico City or, or in Mexico. So, I mean, I was really having a lot of fun because we, we had like a lot of opportunities to explore uh, different things with technology and art and for installations and also for marketing, which was also new for me, but it was just interesting to work on that. I feel like your work at MIT has that same sense of performativeness. It's kind of a lightness to it almost, <laughs> even though it's so interesting and complicated, interesting connection between technology for performance and then kind of breaking down what you're doing now with urban soundscapes. Yeah, yeah, that's true. There's a lot of like formatic aspects of co-work at, at City Science at the Mia Lab. And there's a lot of performance in the projects. So, and if you if you see it like that, there's a lot of projects that you can see it at that lens. Uh, just looking at like the City School project with have you seen the Legos? So, so you can also think about like a performance because you're moving the pieces around the table and then you see the impact. You know, you, you see it right away. Uh, but you actually have to touch the pieces. You have to move them. You, you have to collaborate. You have to talk with other people on the table, which is performance kind of style, but it's not, it's not recorded or there's no script, but still there's some patterns you follow. So what were you working on before the world shut down? Before the, the pandemic, I was working in, I'm still working on those projects. And so there was maybe two or three projects that I was working on them last year and now kind of they drifted like away because maybe they finished, but also I'm not physically there in the lab, but maybe the top four projects, which is was this, in this project last year, which was Synesthesia Suite. And this project was a collaboration with uh, with Mary Bichner, which was a synesthete. Uh, she's a synesthete, which means that, well, synesthesia is a neurological phenomenon that your senses are connected. So when there's one a sense that's activated or it receives a stimuli, there's another sense that's activated. So for example, although synesthesia is, is around hearing and colors. So when she hears a musical note, she sees something. And there's other people that, for example, have smell and sound. But it's really particular and really specific. So on this project, we tried to replicate host synesthesia in an immersive, uh, performatic environment. So we did this uh, performance, the Museum of Science in, in Boston, and and, they, and we did it in the planetarium. She played uh, the piano, and based on the notes of the piano, uh, the projection in the dome with, with the color that she represented to the note. And also we built these garments with fiber optics that light up on the musical notes. Try to recreate this immersive experience for the audience so that could like empathize to see what she sees in her head, more in immersive space. Uh, that project was really cool. I mean, we did it last year. Uh, we were planning to do it this year again, uh, this performance, but didn't launch in the end. It's like this is the way, especially with this pandemic, that performance or the way we connect with art is going. If you want to speak more on where you would like to see this technology go to or what the next level of it is. There's a good audience now. For example, this performance can be done online and it could be a, definitely a new big audience that uh, people can reach. Uh, 
I mean, the good things about the internet is, yeah, you can reach millions of people. Everybody can see it. And now that most people, I, I think they're more acceptable to, to watching, for example, a, a performance online because it's the only way you, you can do it. <laughs> uh, and I think that gives a lot of opportunity maybe to artists, but the, the only problem is now that they cut up all the, the art, you know, uh, grants. But I think it's it, it could be, this could whole situation could be used as a benefit to for the arts at the same time. But this technology could be used also for performance if we wanted to do it online. What was the Bike Swarm project? Uh, this project was more in the, the urban planning of the city. Well, it is a project now uh, with Alex Berker and with Justin Newman. And this project, what we did is try to increase the safety and joy of riding. And we did this by creating this lighting system that you put on bicycles. And the lighting system, what it does is synchronize the pulsating of the light with other bicycles around them. So if you're biking together, your, your lights will pulsate at the same cadence. So it's kind of like you're riding together to increase the, your visual presence and to increase safety and invisibility. We build these devices that you strap on, for example, shared bicycles, and you ride it. And if somebody is behind you in front, uh, the light will uh it at the same frequency kind of signalizing that you can ride together and it's better to be in more numbers than, than alone so this project we did last year and uh this project we're trying to actually make a venture out of it uh we between alex and i we we, we got accepted in this uh accelerator program at mit called design x the idea is to launch these devices or or, pro, or program across uh, different cities in the United States. Yeah, I could see them on city bikes. City bikes, exactly. This project has been a little bit weird now because of the pandemic, but we, we were trying to like take it into a different approach so we can use it now or, or, or see a way that we can actually bring it to the street. Uh, but yeah, the idea is that you put it in city bikes or it's already embedded in your bicycles and you just ride and if you find someone, you can ride together. But maybe now with the pandemic, we were thinking like, it's it's good that it synchronized the lights because it kind of signalized that you're already like in a social distance, you're already in a distance while you're riding in the city, you know, trying to launch it if we can do this during these weeks or months. What aspects of the soundscape during COVID-19 do you think will persist after the regulations are lifted? One of maybe the benefits of this quarantine or this measurements is that it's good for the environment, and and because of this, uh, you can actually appreciate a lot of the sounds in the city and the sounds of different locations. So you won't be hearing the same uh, car noise, traffic noise. Maybe you won't. I mean, maybe you won't hear the, the same amount of sirens. So that's actually really interesting because the sounds are completely different now. Uh, maybe the first days there was a lot of sirens. There was a lot of uh, police now there's not that many sounds so i i do think there's a relationship with with the sounds and what's happening actually and for example the COVID. you know if, if you appreciate those sounds you can hear the those little differences that changes day by day but i think you have to be patient and actually hear them and hear what's happening and how do you think this might affect our public spaces going forward sound wise because now that there's this like social distance that is going to be in place, for example, for a couple of months or weeks, you know, it's, it's going to take at least 
uh, some time to be in like kind of normality. Uh, and because of that, just by the social behavior of people, people won't gather together as much, you know. And because people don't gather together as much, uh, there's just different sounds because of that. But just because of that small factor, people gathering together will, will make different noises in public spaces because public spaces, almost you bring your family, maybe you come with, with friends and you just maybe do something, you play. And probably those are going to change slightly. Uh, I don't know to what degree, uh, but I can imagine something like that could happen. And then if you were designing a utopian city from scratch, what would it sound like for you? I actually like a lot of sounds. Like I think I like a combination of sounds, hearing people yelling, like in Mexico from a city called Guanajuato. And in the city that it's kind of valley and there's so many, you hear so many sounds. If you live near the, the hill of the mountains, you hear all the sounds from the city, kind of like an, a big echo that you hear people talking down in the alley and you like up in the hill, you know? Those sounds are really, well, in that environment, is pretty interesting because you can have this wide uh, spectrum of the sounds that's happening. Maybe you don't hear individual uh, little sounds, but you hear a lot of sounds. And in and, and a utopian city, the sounds, I would like to have like a wide variety of them, you know? Not every sound will be the same. So maybe it was, maybe the one day there was a lot of sounds of dogs or animals, you know, and another day are no sounds on uh, a bird. Uh, and another day, maybe just cars, you know, uh, but it's, it's good to have a wide variety of sounds in cities and not just as constantly the same sounds of cars, maybe, or people, you know, it's good to have a range of nature with people, with machines, you know, like some sounds of machines are really interesting but you never get to hear them unless you're like in the specific places. I kind of feel like you answered this next one already, but um, what types of sounds are you most drawn to in cities? Um, and why are these so important? Yeah, most most sounds would be, yeah, like animals or nature, like combination between nature and humans and machines. I think now the, most cities now are built for machines, so they're built for, for cars. There's not a big variety or wide variety of nature sounds or people sounds. That's true across the United States and in different parts of the of the world. Like most cities are not designed for sounds; they're only designed for for your your visual aesthetic or your visual senses. They're just designed for the commute. So, I mean, in general, there should be some way to quantify your your sound your sound experience in the cities. And I mean, the sounds I would like to hear is yeah, a, a big combination of sounds. Yeah. And sometimes quiet as well, you know, compared like a symphony, you know, like symphony. So you have this big and low uh, aspect of, of a music that's super different always. It's always a script or it's a, uh, and soundscapes are similar, but sometimes the way a city so design, it's only one pattern, you know, it's only one script. And there's no, sometimes, I mean, it's up and down at night, at, at the morning, but most of the times it's the same. What aspects of your soundscape now during COVID? Do you notice more? I mean, yesterday, this weekend, I was walking. I did hear more birds. Yeah, the sounds. The sounds has been different. That's for true. Like maybe it haven't changed that much for me, but I'm always particular about the sounds. And for example, in my house, that I've just been mostly hearing sounds in my house. But I'm always really particular about those sounds. But but maybe I'm now I'm more I'm more sensitive to those sounds because I'm more in my space. I mean, I, in my house, I've been 
been listening to like hit sounds, sounds from the streets or the navels, you know, I've been hearing the navels. So, and those, those sounds were not, I was at my house every day. I would never hear those sounds, for example. I've never heard, oh, I would hear sounds of my navels, but now I'm listening to them more than, than before. Uh, because of this whole situation, you, you, you are hearing different sounds. And it's based on your behavior and how you interacting with the city. Yeah. Well, it's been one of the really, it's been one of the great parts of this project is just talking to different people about, I don't know, different kind of moralities of noise and not, and kind of challenging myself to not view it as a black and white situation. Um, that it's just much more, that our cities are a much more complicated than that, but then also that sound is much more complicated. Yeah, I mean, noise in the end is just noise, and and the only way that you relate it, it's your emotion. You know, if you really know your emotion, that you can either do it bad or good. And most people have a bad connotation to noise because it's maybe it's like stressful because they're always in the maybe in a car and like just hear like it's not even noise. It's just like so much of car sounds that makes it seem like it's noise. <laughs> the sounds of the cities, it is almost like noise. But there is different patterns how you move in the city. But I do think like there should be uh, a way of changing how you move the city and how you experience the city. Most cities are experienced visually. That's why this project that I mentioned in the beginning about adding a soundtrack in the city, you want to go from A to B. Most of the times you, you go from A to B because maybe it's efficient. Most of the times it's efficient to go to this path, you know, because Google Maps tell you like from A to B because it saves you time. But maybe you want to go from A to B because the soundscape is so different. Maybe you hear bird noises on your way. Maybe you hear kids walking or maybe you hear a lot of sirens. You don't know. But maybe just by walking a different path, you can experience the city in a different way that's not only efficiently, maybe just sound-wise is more interesting. And that can have different effects. Maybe it could relax you, you know, and maybe if it relaxes you most good because you're taking a path that you like, not a path that's efficient. But maybe efficient is the way you want to do it in that given moment. But maybe another moment you want to experience something different. I think those different ways of experience just soundscapes in the city, yeah. Thank you, Tomas, for sharing your research with us. I'd also like to thank Shane Carter and Rose Pember for their support on the project. Our intro music is composed by Dan Yap. Thank you for listening, and don't forget to subscribe.